Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I want crotch shots out of my anime. It would be nice. Um, it's really weird. Yep. And made me not not like the show so much. Um, but we'll talk about that in our main review. Uh, how are you, Dan? I'm just doing wonderful, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful Sunday. And I'm just kidding, I'm having a normal regular day, uh, which means a, a very not wonderful day, it's just kind of average. Uh, how, how are you? I'm fine. Can't complain. Well then don't. I, uh, just been buried in magic cards. Asha came in here the other day, and she, was, she looked at, because I was uh, sorting through all of my cards... Determining what I had playsets of from Strixhaven, and then separating off a, a big old pile of, you know, extras that I don't really need. Uh, and she came in, she looked at this, and just went, where are you going to store all this? To which I said, none of your goddamn business. And uh, she was also <laughs> like, so when are you going to use these? And I'm like, I use them all the time. Because when we record Stacking Triggers, we always play at least one game of Commander immediately afterwards. Yes. I don't know. I uh, I always buy the the bundles that come out for each set. Like it has a nice little storage box and a few packs inside, and mm -hmm. like your your life die and all that. So I usually get one of those whenever I start running out of storage space, or you know, if I want to, if I buy a box and want to keep everything from each set together. So it's a it's a good pro tip. I just go out and buy new shoes. <laughs> it's cheaper that way no but like uh you should you should see all the fucking shoe boxes in my uh room back in uh at my parents house with all my fucking trading cards and shit it is uh what a crazy person's room looks like i would assume who keeps oh, yeah. worse stuff look like you're looking for fucking pepe sylvia <laughs> fucking pepe sylvia um i don't know i the shoebox full of cards thing. I was watching a video from Alpha Investments where, like, a guy was talking about, like, he had a shoebox full of cards in his childhood bedroom at home. It was all, like, really old stuff. And uh, I guess his mom was, like, cleaning up and went through and, like, threw out all the cards that she thought looked demonic and ended up destroying, like, $10,000 worth of cards. And the guy was trying to... uh figure out if he had any legal recourse to sue his mother. <laughs> uh, Linda, pro tip, don't do that. Or, or, or something. <laughs> I don't know what, but something. Something will happen. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I don't know. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't know. I did a, a box opening. Uh, it's on YouTube. 
uh, under the Stacking Triggers YouTube page. So, yeah, that was fun. And uh, check it out if you want. Other than that, um, working, trying to take it easy, getting ready for uh, vacation next month. Fuck yeah, bud. And uh, getting my second uh, shot of Moderna here in a couple days. So, all good things. I'm happy. I am uh, doing my COVID shot uh, next month on the, on the 5th. So, uh, there you I, go. I, I will have to let the local family pharmacy know that, hey, uh, things happen whenever I take shots, and you should not assume that I'm having a bad reaction to the shot itself, but to the, the fucking, uh, uh, what's it called? To, to you being a big baby. Yeah, me being a big baby. But regardless, I'm doing it. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be fully vaccinated by live stream for the cure, which kind of sucks. That I, I put it off this long, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. You can uh, post your vaccination card online for free internet points. Why would I not want free internet points? They're free. It's free real estate. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't get why that's the trend, but good for you, I guess. I mean, it's like the "I voted" sticker. The other shit, like any, anything that like makes you feel more morally superior to anybody, you have to post online. Yeah, we live in a society. I should, <laughs> I should post uh, every like February third. Whenever I file my taxes, the you filed your taxes screen to it make everybody seem like an asshole. <laughs> that would be my my moral platitude social media post of, of my year is is doing my taxes on time. Yeah, um, you mentioned it, but uh, five stream for the cure is coming up. It's the fifth live stream for the cure. Uh we're very excited. It's it's all improvised. It's very funny. Uh, that will start Friday, May twenty first at three p.m. Well, that is our uh, second. So yeah, so go buy our goddamn shirt. Yeah, we have a shirt uh, of the of the the five stream colors on our logo. Uh, buy it. Proceeds from that go to our contribution towards live stream for for the cure. Uh. Yeah, our segment's 3 p.m. We're watching the the Turkish 50... Sh- I think it's Turkish. It's Turkish or Polish or something. It's something from Europe. Uh, their version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, it possibly won <laughs> Razzie Awards. I don't know. You had your your ear to the ground on that. Oh, boy. Um, I think that... Uh... I don't know what I think. I think that movie may kill me. <laughs> From being too horny, right? Yes. I got to figure out how I'm watching that. If I'm watching that with Ashley or what what's going on. I don't want to ruin our relationship because I, w- I don't want her to watch that movie and realize, oh, our love life isn't like this. It's not steamy enough. <laughs> and then leave me forever. If you're if you're a patron of Two Peas on the podcast and you haven't listened to our uh review where me and Gerald watched all three Fifty Shades movies, uh, the fuck is wrong with you? And if you're not a patron of Two Peas on a Podcast, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Go go give Gerald a dollar and listen to those things. They could just be our patron and get the same stuff. That's true. But I want Gerald to make money. I mean, sure. Uh, we it's it's not enough that Gerald should succeed. Others must fail. <laughs> ah, capitalism. My one true love. I don't know. Uh, the the whole there's a whole Podbean thing with him right now, and we're possibly hosting him on our website uh, sometime later this year. So, uh, oh hooray! Texas, so I guess I do want Gerald to succeed, so he gives us more money. Yeah, we're just gonna keep usurping other podcasts. Fuck it, I don't care. We we've kind of become like the low key unstoppable juggernauts of like this very narrow space that we operate within. There's about 200 listeners amongst like all of our friends, and they they all have some amalgamation of listening to our podcasts and our friends, and that's fine. And I'm good with that corner. We'll keep those 200 people. Joe Rogan can keep his uh, two million uh, minus 40 percent. I don't even like Joe Rogan. Uh, well, yeah. There, I said it. I mean, you're loud. It was always allowed. Like I said, I only listen to him for certain stuff, like when Tom DeLonge talks about aliens. <laughs> Literally didn't talk oh, about anything shit. else. Never talked about Blink-182, never talked about Angels and Airwaves, only talked about aliens. That made me very sad. Yeah. Um. Another good thing that you can do is uh, give us a review for Reviews for Good. This is where I make it abundantly clear for Chris Yeeney. I will post the link to the announcement tweet of this episode coming out. Not in the show notes. So go to our Twitter and look under this tweet that announces that this episode is out to find that link. Just want to spell that out for Christini. Because last week he thought I was leaving it in the show notes, and I wasn't. God damn it, Yanny. Alright, um, I don't know, any other housekeeping type stuff? Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I don't remember what the context of this story was, uh, and why I, I wrote it in the show notes, but, uh, we, we, I, I wanted to bring up my brother watching, like, steamy porn stuff on Netflix. <laughs> uh, this was in the before times, before Netflix took itself seriously with, like, House of Cards, and, like, before it really had, like, original programming, it had, like, whatever the fuck you wanted on there. Uh, and, and I wasn't paying for Netflix at this time. Uh, on, on my brother's Xbox, he had uh, my ex-girlfriend's account on there. And so uh, because of the way that that all devolved, uh, as, as his own form of like uh, civil disobedience is like the, the best term I have for it, uh, he would be watching porn on her Netflix account. Uh, until one day the she fuck? used the, the lockout all devices option and then logged him out and he could no longer access the random porn that was on Netflix. That's it. That's the story. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, I think it's time to move into a segment uh, entitled What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! <laughs> So, Caleb, what's your swill? Uh, well, I am having a Jim Beam Devil's Cut Old Fashioned. Uh, I believe I 
had the same damn thing last week, so I won't talk about it for too long. It's just very good. Yes, you did. And okay. Uh, I believe you. Uh, I am also having the same damn thing, but not really. So uh, I did another infused vodka, but I kept everything that I used the first time. Uh, so like I, came, I kept the same jalapenos and like lemon uh, rind in order to figure out like, hey, can I get two yields out of this? And the answer is kinda, but not as strong or as good. So uh, the simple answer is, anytime I want to do this, I kind of have to go out and get new jalapenos and peel new lemons, which is fine, but now I know for sure. All right, uh, and that'll bring us straight over into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Dan, I will now let you talk about the Netflix earnings call. Okay. Uh, Stop me whenever you want to talk about something. Uh, as there is a list of, of things that they were doing. Uh, so Netflix now has 207 point, yeah, 207.64 million paid subscribers. This is up about 4 million from last quarter, so still sort of growing. Uh, they now have $7.163 billion in quarter one revenue. So for those of you who are concerned with how Netflix is making money, they have $7 billion of it. In, from one quarter. Uh, they missed subscriber projections for the sixth time since 2016. Uh, that's basically as far back as their chart went. Uh, they, they've been pr- like slowly going through like who, like what their uh, projected were, projected ads were, and what they actually got were. Uh, they projected six million ads. They only got four. So uh, their growth is back to slowing down after uh, being massive in 2020. Thanks to uh, a disease. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe they'll start picking up more subscribers again, because now that uh, COVID cases are on the rise again, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, see, uh, they're, they're calling for the opposite. Uh, in, in fact, they only projected to add one million subscribers uh, total, not even amongst like a, a single area that they track, total uh, for Q2. Which, now that vaccines are rolling out, makes sense. But if COVID cases are on the rise, who the fuck knows? I don't know. I, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not optimistic. I don't think we're going to beat COVID. I think it's going to just be around. And, you know, there will be flare-ups from time to time. It'll be the flu too, electric boogaloo. Yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be like fucking grinding the global economy to a halt. I think we'll we'll get back somewhat to normal, but like I think the disease is just here now. I mean, that kind of reminds me of like how people were initially considering COVID as like, oh, it's just like a slightly worse version of the flu. And it just seems like that's what it's going to be for us for the rest of slightly. our lives. And vaccines are going to get stronger and stronger against it and Eventually, it will be a thing that just constantly mutates. Like, there, there's like a billion strains of it already, but uh, there'll be even more strains because that's how viruses work. Yeah. So, I don't know. Stop uh, farming ferrets or whatever the hell that was in Italy. The what now? I don't know. There was like a new strain that they found in Italy because like, because viruses mutate because they jump species. Mm-hmm. 
So like the guy had a farm where he raised ferrets or something. So like a new strain came from there. Uh huh. It's a thing. Look it up. I believe you. It's just like a, a what the fuck kind of situation there. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a meme where it's like the the dominoes knocking over successively bigger dominoes, uh, and. It's going to start with some guy in China eating a bat, and then the biggest domino is uh, us starting a Magic the Gathering podcast. <laughs> Perfect. That's a wonderful meme. Which, of course, I'll have to put in like a, a tweet disclaimer. Yes, we know a man didn't eat a bat, and that's why we all got COVID. We're just being funny. <laughs> uh, well, that everything from previously uh, was... Not all that came out of the Netflix earnings call. Uh, there's this new feature that Netflix is testing called Downloads for You that I found out about uh, while reading through their earnings statement. Uh, the program will automatically download recommended movies and shows to a member's mobile device. Uh, it's an opt-in service, but double-check your settings when the program rolls out wide. Uh, thank God I didn't read that I exactly how I wrote it out because uh, I count two spelling mistakes. But, uh, Caleb, what do you think about <laughs> downloads for you? I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about it. Well, I just told you everything about it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm glad that it's an opt-in and not an opt-out. Right. I guess. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care. Some people might find it useful. Um, I'm always in favor of adding more features rather than taking them away reviews yeah yeah just think on, on the netflix client we could have possibly posted links to our podcast under things and been like hey check out our podcast if you if you also hate this looking at you thing we both hated even end of <laughs> evangelion there we go perfect uh so yeah uh like i said just double check your settings whenever that gets rolled wide uh, and, and make sure you're not like it, it isn't just an opt out service that it is in fact opt in and you're not opt in opted in. Cause uh, I, I don't like this. Uh, like, like you said, someone's going to find it useful that someone is not me. I don't want to watch it on my phone. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Uh, that being said, bring variable playback speed to uh consoles already. You cowards. So I can watch uh shit at a faster speed on something that isn't my PC. Alright, the meme has been created and tweeted. Perfect. Uh, our next story is that the Streisand effect is real, and in case you needed another example that it is real, uh, Ginny and Georgia, the show that Taylor Swift wanted removed from the internet entirely, uh, has been renewed for a second season. <laughs> uh... You love to see it. You love to see it. I, I didn't include it in the numbers, but uh, 52 million people watched the first season. I, I would I would love to see the alternate universe where Taylor Swift did not tweet about it and see where it is. Why did Taylor Swift hate it? The joke was uh, a tale as old as time, where it's like Taylor Swift goes through boyfriends a lot. And basically that was the, the, the show. It was like they, yeah. they made the same joke it was like you go through more boyfriends than Taylor Swift. Maybe Taylor Swift is the problem. She is the common denominator. Mm -hmm. 
You're just like, uh, whatever. <laughs> I have nothing, Dad. Uh, I it's just ultimate Schadenfreude. Yeah. Uh, viewing statistics. Cobra Kai season three netted forty five million views, uh, which is impressive for a third season of a show because mm-hmm. like. People aren't going to watch it without watching the first two seasons. And like, you know, shows don't pick up viewers over time. They lose them. Well, because um, people will try it and be like, eh, it's not for me. You know, uh, I will say that like season three of Stranger Things was like the biggest season of Stranger Things in terms of like its first 30 days. But all those people had watched Stranger Things seasons one and two. Sure. Fate, the Winx Saga, got 57 million views. Uh-huh. Sure did. That show was very, very popular, inexplicably. Um, I Care A Lot, right on their heels with 56 million views. Uh, yes Day, an impressive 62 million views. Outside the Wire, 66 million. And To All The Boys 3 got 51 million views. Yeah. Uh, not part of that are two shows that already had their viewing statistics announced, which are uh, Bridgerton at 75 million and Lupin Jesus. Part 1 at 72 million. God dang. That's a lot of views, boys. That's a lot of views, boys. Where's our Dylan Playfair cameo, anybody? <sighs> this is why we need to separate, or like, separate, celebrate, like... Episode milestones. Well, don't worry. Episode 250 is our live stream for the Cure episode. Yeah, that's true. I want somebody to buy me a cameo of the Iron Sheik telling me to go fuck myself. How much is an Iron Sheik cameo? $200? Tw- $20? <laughs> uh, hang on. I'm furiously Google searching. $50. Someone has $50 running around in, in their pockets that's not going to go towards anything. <laughs> uh, okay. And our final news story is a wrap-up uh, of things that tangentially matter, sort of. Uh, Dota, Dragon's Blood has been renewed for a second season. Uh, Master of None will be returning for its third season sometime in May. Uh, that's only notable because it's been like four years since season two. Uh, and in that time, Aziz Ansari got uh, hashtag me too'd after like he had a bad date with somebody, it seemed. And he got vilified for some reason. And I read that and went, this is not even as bad as anything anybody else has done in this movement. I don't know why we're looping in Aziz Ansari. Uh, Dakota Johnson will star in a modern-day adaptation of Jane Austen's Persuasion. Uh, Dakota Johnson of She Got Naked on Camera for Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Uh, and then Ava DuVernay will be adapting (laughs) Wings of Fire, a popular children's book series. Uh, and that's it. That's all the news that sort of matters. Okay, so... I was wrong. Uh, The Iron Sheik is not on Cameo. Wait, really? Uh... Yeah, I I was looking at uh, an actor who played the Iron Sheik in something called Young Rock on NBC. Oh, that's right. They are doing that sitcom. I forgot about that. 
Yeah, uh, they're doing a show of uh, The Rock's life before he became The Rock. (laughs) That's that's so fucking awesome. (laughs) So The Rock is doing Everybody Hates Chris. You remember that show? I do. Uh, Or if you want to be cynical, Young Sheldon. (laughs) It is autobiographical, though. That's true. Man, The Rock is the celebrity that I love and hate the most. (laughs) Remember when Terry Crews was Chris Rock's father in that? Yeah. Yeah, that show was kind of good. Yeah. It's not bad. Terry Crews is so muscular that he has, like, fucking abs on his head. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's get into Downstream, where we will talk about some trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. Uh, Our first trailer this week is for a French film called Oxygen. No escape, no memory, 90 minutes to live. Liz is running out of oxygen and time. In order to survive, she must find a way to remember who she is. Uh, This is about a woman who wakes up in a cryogenic unit, uh, which is sealed and running out of oxygen, and uh, she has, like, an AI that's talking to her about stuff, and she's trying to figure out you know, remember her life and what to do to try to get out of this thing and try to get out. So, yeah, it looks neat. Um, what was that Ryan Reynolds Buried Alive movie? Is that just called Buried Alive? Uh, I thought it was just Buried. Buried? You're, it's probably just called Buried. Kind of has that kind of vibe, I guess. Single location, you know, don't know what's going on. Mm. Character has limited resources to try to figure it out, so. Yeah, buried. I was right. 2010. Yep. Uh, If you're ever buried alive in a coffin, uh, try punching through, like, the the small side of the coffin, like, directly above your head, uh, because they're kind of designed to break away on, like, the sides like that, so you can smash your way through it and dig your way out. Yeah, or, uh, you know, start practicing the the two-inch punch. Yeah. Uh it it's Melanie Melanie Laurent, uh the the woman from uh Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah. Although it's like ten years later and she's older now. Not that that's a bad thing, it's just like she's older now. And it's weird to see her older. People age as time progresses. Um Next up is volume two of Love, Death and Robots, uh which I have still not watched, despite Everybody going gaga over it. Uh, the not-safe-for-work animated anthology returns with a vengeance. Naked giants, Christmas demons, and robots gone wild. Consume irresponsibly. Volume 2 coming May 14th. Yeah, uh, I actually watched part 1 or season 1 or whatever the fuck they're calling it, and it was pretty good. So uh, I will add to the chorus of people saying, you should watch it, Caleb. Yeah, I'll get on it. Uh, they've already confirmed a volume three for this, so uh, that's coming in 2022. I think volume one came out in like 2019, something like that. I can't remember exactly when, uh, but uh, people like it, so they want to get out as much as possible. So there it is. There it is. Uh, next up is Money Explained. Uh, it's a a show about 
uh, the big club that you're not a part of. Mm-hmm. We spend it, borrow it, and save it. Now let's talk about money and its many minefields from credit cards to casinos, scammers to student loans. So uh, if you want to be depressed and angry, here's a show for you. Yeah. Uh, produced by Vox, so keep that in mind. But uh, it does seem to actually understand how money works, surprisingly, considering that it's Vox. Next up is the trailer for Fairy. It's uh, F-E-R-R-Y. It's not uh, a spinoff of the Winx saga. Why not? It's immensely popular. Just give us more. (sighs) Yeah, it should be. Uh, The story starts in 2006 in the city of Amsterdam. Uh, Fairy Bowman works for a drug lord named Ralph Brink, uh, a powerful criminal and Fairy's mentor. One day the gang is brutally mugged and Ralph's son is severely injured. When all leads point to a group of campers in Brabant, Fairy is sent out to find the perpetrators. After years of absence, Fairy returns to his beloved Brabant, Brabant, uh, which he had fled many years before. The difficult reunion with his estranged family, the return to the camper life he had forsaken, and the meeting with his charming neighbor Danielle all gradually crawl under Fairy's skin. His journey will lead to unexpected outcomes and put Fairy's loyalty to the test, Ellipsis. So it's uh, kind of a gangster movie. Yeah. It looks like uh, maybe like a less shitty Killing Them Softly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that's a fair comparison. I can compare things to things. Yeah. Uh, Also a bit of In Bruges. Also a bit of. Uh, other stuff. I don't know. Uh, it looks okay. Then, uh, I don't know. It looks, it looks all right. Yeah. Uh, and then, because Dan loves making me watch sitcom trailers for some reason, Uh uh, we have the trailer for The Upshaws. A working class family in Indiana struggles to make it work and make it right without the blueprint to do it. Uh, this is executive produced by Micah Epps and Wanda Sykes. Also stars uh, two them. very funny people. Yeah. So it's it's Netflix continuing to try to make sitcoms work. What do you think of this new attempt at another sitcom? It looks all right, I guess. I don't know. Um, I like low key think that Wanda Sykes is fucking hilarious so yes. I don't know I might give it a shot she is definitely the funniest part of this trailer I don't know I I don't like that they had to use the joke twice where it's like why are you here no one said your name three times and then like they did another joke that was almost identical to it at the end of the trailer yeah it's like come on guys you're supposed to be better than this but they weren't okay um, that'll take us over to Quick Hits. I didn't watch any extra Netflix stuff, but if you'll indulge me briefly, uh, I want to talk about Mortal Kombat! I would, now, I will indulge you, but I want to do it as a bonus epi. Because I also watched Mortal Kombat. Okay. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. So, uh, I don't know. I'll just suffice it to say here then that, like, uh, you should go watch it. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a dumb, fun action movie of people being killed and, 
Uh, they get to make jokes and references about the games. They don't spend a lot of time uh, explaining the world and the lore of Mortal Kombat. They just kind of drop you in and it's like, these guys want to kill these guys and go. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Uh, I watched uh, the sexiest hentai you've ever seen. Uh, My Octopus Teacher. The the Fisherman's Wife 2, the retentacling. Yeah, uh, no one will shut the fuck up about this movie, so I, I watched it, even though it's a documentary and I don't care. General gist, uh, guy is having problems in his life, like, he, they don't really go into it, it's never really about him, uh, it's almost entirely about this octopus and, and him, and, and their daily adventures and hijinks. So it talks about, like, him, you know, finding this octopus and, like, how, how he, like, went out to this kelp forest uh, off the coast of South Africa. It's like, oh, it's this magical place. And it kind of turns into a nature documentary. And then he runs into this octopus. And he's like, hey, I want to hang out with this octopus. It seems cool. So it chronicles, like, him trying to get it to warm up to him, like, and not be afraid of him, to, like, uh, days where they spend together just hanging out, doing octopus stuff. Uh It'll it'll go it goes through some some horrible horrible stuff that potentially happens to the the octopus. Uh, it you get the feeling like he actually was friends with this octopus, like he, the way he talks about it. Like it, it's it's kind of sweet, but also kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, I, this man was clearly depressed and needed something to take his minds off it, off the fact that he was depressed or help him break through his depression. Uh, he could have turned to drugs and alcohol and instead swam around with an octopus for uh, 300-something days. So, I mean, he could have done worse things for himself. Yeah. I don't know. It's a documentary. I don't care about those. It's a nature documentary. I definitely don't care about those. Uh, and they don't spend enough time on, like, him and what's going on with him. Like, basically, they're just like, hey, uh, I, I, he was like, I was having a rough time. And then meeting this octopus made me have less of a rough time. And and now I have I, I don't have a rough time because I spend more time with my son. And it's like cool. So I, I don't get it. I don't get what everyone sees about this movie. It's just a dude and an octopus. Like the the nature photography stuff and the nature documentary stuff. Super interesting. You learn a lot about octopi. But other than that, like, what what are you all on about? Like, guys, come on. It's a dude and an octopus. <laughs> I don't know. Octopuses are pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah, this thing's awesome. Like like I said, the not the nature documentary part is, in and of itself, the best part. How do you prefer to pluralize the word octopus? I like octopi, because octopuses sounds weird. And then you get octopussy. Yeah. I don't know. Octopuses would be, like, you know, the anglicized version of it. But, like, octopi is, like, assuming that it's a Latin root. I guess, because that's how, like, Latin words are pluralized. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think the word is actually, like, it comes from Greek. So the pluralization should be octopodes. Which you hear by people who want to be even fancier than people who say octopi. Yeah, those are for, like, big brain, well, actually type people. Yeah. Uh, instead of holding out their pinky, their pinky is raised well above their head. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, pinky out. Exactly. Uh, we've, we've lost the brief. Uh, let's take a, a brief sojourn into an ad. Uh, and when we come back, we will talk about High Rise Invasion, an anime. 
The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb. Time to get into our main sexy review topic for High Rise Invasion. High Rise Invasion is an anime action horror series from Netflix. Uh, it is a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. High schooler Yuri finds herself atop a skyscraper in a strange world where she must survive against mask assailants bent on killing their prey. Uh, Dan, uh, what did you think about the sexy, sexy... Uh, hypersexualized very questionable series high rise invasion uh well i created a meme for this exact series uh which i will now recite all of, to all of you uh basically it's the slams hood of the car meme uh to which uh the the bottom text is this series this show f- uh, f- can fit so many unnecessary crotch shots uh with high rise invasions poster stamped over top of it which is basically how I feel. Like, overall, the plot is fine. The anime itself is fine. It's... The, the problem is, like, our main character is a young girl with a very short skirt, and she is befriended yep. by another young girl with a very short skirt. And then they do, like, these low-angle shots from behind the girls to show you their underwear and showing you the rest of the thing. It's, uh... I don't know why it's animated like this, other than the fact that it's Japanese and this is how they do things. Yep, it's just for fan service. Um, it it's really not great though, because these are children, right? So, um, my my enjoyment of the show definitely took a hit mm-hmm. due to that fact. So, I wanted to Google the age of consent in Japan because like, I feel like high school girls are just unnecessarily sexualized, but I also didn't want that as something in my browser history as me searching. So, uh, I, I didn't take the plunge. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like it's also like, Unnecessary, because pretty early on, like, the main character has her skirt ripped, so just for the rest of the series, you can see, like, part of her underwear mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, there's a scene in really the first episode where uh, some yeah. guy is attempting to rape her, and, like, he cuts open, like, her undershirt. Yeah, because and- he's, he's a police officer, and he's like, oh, we're in this weird, like alternate world like there's no rules so he jumps immediately to uh forcing himself on a child right but uh like the way 
her undergarments come off like her her undershirt like rips open but like catches on like her boobs and so it's like cartoon like i yes it's a it's an anime therefore it is technically a cartoon but like cartoonishly her boobs like pop like half pop out and it's like but this is a horrifying experience for this girl who is about to be raped like can we can we not make this seem sort of comedic can we actually treat this like a serious thing it's pretty fucked up um yeah i don't know and then the like be in a gunfight and do like a diving roll and like there's like a slow pan of like you know showing her underwear yep it's like can we be less horny save save the horniness for b stars right where where it's family friendly uh very useful uh good stuff yeah we didn't re- <laughs> we didn't really talk about it like Beastars is problematic too, because like, despite the fact that they are animals, like they're also like school children, right? But like, at least there, it's the context of their high school kids all also figuring it out. So it's like sort of told from their point of view, where like right. I can I can wring my hands of that. This there's only one instance where I can really wring my hands of anything and say okay it's i can explain it away and make myself feel good about it and that is when uh uh mayu gets her shirt ripped and so basically her bra is just hanging out the whole time but they never draw attention to that fact all they just do is like oh her shirt is ripped and it's just a matter of fact thing they just go on about <laughs> so the whole time me and my wife were just like why can't she just find a new shirt like they can find unlimited weapons. Why can't she just get another shirt? Or like get them pants, something, anything that doesn't show me their their crotches every three seconds. Yeah. Um I don't know. I guess uh hypersexualization notwithstanding, let's talk about the actual plot. Uh so this is Kind of like Alice in Borderland, or yeah. kind of like Gantz O, where like th- they get transported to a mysterious alternate world, uh, where they're in like a series of high rises that are all connected with rope bridges. Um, like they, the the down staircases are blocked, so they can't reach the ground. Um, and like there's these people wearing these mysterious masks who are trying to kill them and hunt them down. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's stated pretty early on that like the, the mask people they're they're not trying to kill you. They're trying to terrify you and convince you to jump off the building and take your own life. Um, but like they never really mentioned that after <laughs> like the second episode. Right, it's just like an offhand thing that they just say. The show shifts focus like four times, and like the plot completely changes, uh, which I found frustrating. But like, so it starts out, it's that, and then like they start delving into like what the masks are and how they work. So there's like a computer code on the back of it. So if you if you put the mask on and see the code, like it downloads into your brain. Uh, and like the mask kind of controls the wearer 
Um, and then like they find out there's there's more masks. So like the smiling mask is like the regular old killers. Uh, the angry mask is like a, a souped up version of that. And then there's a mouthless mask that uh, is good for you and turns you superhuman. Yeah. And there's also a fourth mask, but they barely dwell on it. Uh, basically, if you're if you're wearing a neutral mask, which has like a mouth that's just kind of like open, but doesn't have any expression, uh, you're uh, essentially like a worker bee, where you you go around placing shit out for people. Yeah, but uh, not new shirts, I guess. Never new shirts. Who needs new shirts? Uh, Mayu <laughs> needs a new shirt, right? Um. Yeah, so I don't know. It's about like sh- the the main character is uh, looking for her brother, who is also in this world, um, and kind of making a a team of allies to fight back and try to uh, tear the system apart from the inside. Right, but then but then she's like, "Oh, I'm done doing that. So so let's move on to the next stupid plot we're gonna do." <laughs> Uh, there are some pretty cool action sequences in this, but like, they they'll always like do a little cut, and then it's like looking up their skirt, and like every time it's just like, uh, right? Why are you doing this? Right? Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Is like, anytime they try to do something cool, it's just like, oh, here here's a here's a crotch shot, here's a behind shot, here's a low angle shot, here's them randomly in the shower, naked. Yeah. And then like whenever like they they put on the mask and they enter like the the programmed like memory world or whatever the fuck like they'll transition into like this dream world and it just shows like all their clothes fly off and they're naked and then they pop into the dream world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's uh it it's like, yeah, we're harping on it a lot, but I mean, it it needs to be harped on. Like, there's a reason why I watch action anime almost exclusively because there's no time for them to to get girls naked or sexualize underage girls in any way, shape, or form uh, in action anime. Uh, they have to get to the action stuff and also the angsty teen stuff. There's no time. For for crotch shots of girls for some reason. Yeah. If you ever want to be disappointed, read the Dragon Ball manga. Oh, yeah. Because they, they do a lot of stuff like that. They sure do. <sighs> I don't know. Um, Let's just go full spoilers. I don't know. I don't. Are you going to be recommending this? No. I'm not. I'm not really either. Even if you were somebody that like could completely ignore all the stuff we've been complaining about in terms of sexualization. I just don't feel like this is well-written. Like, it's just not... Like, like it jumps all over the place. The voice, the voice acting performances are fine. Like, the, the animation's fine. But, like, the actual story itself is just kind of, like, a fucking mess. Like, they have, like, There's... A, a million ideas that they're throwing into, like, this fucking golem. They're like, ah, this'll work. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know about this one, boys. There's there's quite a few things about it that are good, but it's not good enough. 
Okay, so uh, I opened an incognito window on my phone browser, and the age of consent in Japan is uh, 13. Holy Jesus Christ. So, uh, that explains why they sexualize high school girls, is because at the age of 13, they're apparently old enough to be able to understand what's going on. Yeah, which, you know, they're not... They're not old enough to know what's going on, so... No. Yeah, it basically is... Well, not basically, it's... It's, uh, it's rape. Yeah. Uh, so... That explains everything. I'm so upset. I'm now deflated. Man, that, that just brings up so... That, that makes everything make sense now. So the the plot point that they come to is like... Uh, the mouthless mask is... Like, if you put that on, uh, it programs your brain to be... Uh, one who is closer to God, which like is a weird translation, but like in the subtitles, they call it God candidates. Yep. Uh, which I think is better. hundred percent. Uh, because like the, this whole system is to like create a God of this world, basically. So like, uh, Yuri puts on the mouthless mask, uh, and she basically becomes superhuman, but like she retains her will and everything. And like the, the other masks, like when you put them on, uh, you become like they call them angels who are like there to test the the God candidates. And like eventually one will, uh, you know, defeat the rest and gain all of the power and become the Highlander or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like your standard anime plot where it's like. The first couple episodes are just like, hey, let's get used to this world, survive in it. Okay, now that we've given you, like, the general rules of the world, we're going to add on this subplot of people wanting to control the world. And and now we have to introduce all the major players, and now they all have to fight. It's just like your standard, mm -hmm. hey, we're in this weird situation anime thing. And something like, you compared it to Alice in Borderland, which is kind of what I thought after watching the first episode. It was like, oh... They're randomly in a new world. Uh, Alice in Borderland does that much better uh, because one, it's well written, and two, like it, it actually like everything it's doing makes sense. Like it, it, it gets to there's a logical progression in terms of events that actually happen in the show. In this, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, uh, they're doing this thing. All of a sudden, a uh, random person comes out of nowhere and is like, become one who's closer to God. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, all right, let's spend four episodes explaining it. Okay, cool. Like, it's just a mess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, there's, there's so many little things, too, that are abandoned. Like, for a little while, their goal is, like, there's a, a helicopter that'll randomly visit buildings. Uh, mm -hmm. And can take, like, one person out of the game or whatever. All right. So, like, they're trying to get to the escape helicopter. Uh, and then they they totally give up on that and never mention it again after, like, an episode after that's revealed. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the god candidates can, like, control the angels to some degree. Like, that's... They're, like, there's a whole bunch of abilities and stuff that get downloaded into you when you put the mask on 
but like based on the person's aptitudes and like uh like what they do they can unlock different abilities so like um like they learn how to control the angels like the regular masks so they'll like build their own little armies to fight for them and it's like i don't know like there's interesting ideas here it's just like i said it's uh it's just not good enough right and it's not good enough plus they sexualize young girls which is like the 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 nail the final nail in the coffin for for this show in terms of me watching it ever again yeah um so maybe there will be a season 2 of this i'm not going to fucking check it out right uh i will say the smartest person in the room it was uh, Ashley who 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 watched the first episode with me and went, "I'm not into this," and then walked away. Good for you, Ashley. Oh, I, well, and she's only the smartest person in the room. There's people who aren't even going to enter the room, and those are the smartest people. Hmm. So, what would you give High Rise Invasion? Okay. Um. So for like, just the story and stuff, because it's. It's fairly bland and generic, but, like, they have some cool ideas. I was going to give it a three, Mm -hmm. but due to the hypersexualization of children, uh, I am dropping it an entire star, uh, so it is a two. You're a very smart man. I'm also saying a two. Uh, I would have been, like, between two and a half, three for just the story uh, alone. But, yeah, the hypersexualization, not good. Not good, Bob. So fitting don't watch the show it's it's fitting that the one thing i picked for uh anna maple uh it turns out to be the stinker so <laughs> it turns out to be the worst thing um we'll see if that trend continues uh in our third segment uh because we're going to take another short break and when we come back we will talk about uh, a movie lupon the third the castle of cagliostro What's up, guys? Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. Are you just sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really love some dude in his garage sitting around talking about arbitrary countdowns and his favorite things in the world of movies, music, and TV. Well, guess what? That's me. Please look me up. My name is Gerald, and I am from Two Peas on a Podcast. If you want to subscribe to my countdown show, I have a different co-host every week. It's often someone from the world of podcasting or entertainment. And we go through our top five favorite things in whatever that week's category is. You can find links to all of our content, subscribe via your favorite podcast app, and follow us on social media. The easiest thing to do is just head to our website, which is www.2peasonapod.com. I hope you look me up and join the party. It's a lot of fun. See you soon. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our third segment. Uh, where we talk about another anime movie this time. It's uh, Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro is a 1979 anime action adventure film. Uh, it is a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. A dashing thief, his gang of desperados, and an intrepid policeman struggle to free a princess from an evil count's clutches and learn the hidden secret to a fabulous treasure that she holds part of a key to. Uh, This is directed by Hayao Miyazaki, 
Yeah, it is. So, uh, what did you think of Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro? This is like your grandpa's first anime, if you think about it. Because, like, yeah, 1979, good God. I wasn't even a twinkle in my daddy's eye. Let's see, what was my dad doing in 1979? He had been 14, so he's probably out uh, caddying, caddying on the on the golf course. I don't even know what you said. <laughs> I said he was probably doing cocaine. Oh well, I mean maybe. Uh, I, I like it. It's not like fantastic. Uh, the animation is like kind of the inspiration for a lot of like the late 80s, early 90s stuff. That, that you see uh, kind of rough, not like super detail oriented. Like nowadays you'd see like there's that one shot of the crowd and like everyone has no faces. No one's really moving. And and now you would see like a fully animated everyone have having detail kind of. Well, yeah, like this was, you know, fully hand animated. Yep. You know, there's no digital assistance or anything. So. So I, I, I love it for that. Uh, I, I was laughing quite a bit during the first 20 minutes. Like, it, it's legitimately funny. Yeah, like, there's, uh, there's a lot of japes. Yeah. And, uh, like, misadventures. Like, uh, of course, like, this kind of, like, you picked this based on, you know, like, I've, I've watched it and talked about it before a little bit. And, uh, also because, like, the Lupin series on Netflix kind of put this into our consciousness again. So, uh. Uh-huh. Our main character, Lupin the Third, is the grandson of uh, the gentleman thief Arsène Lupin. So, like, yeah, I, I, I like it. It, it, it does have its problems, but uh, otherwise, I had a good time. Yeah, and it's it's just a fun movie. Like, it's it's pretty well paced. Um, I don't know. You can see kind of how this laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff that Miyazaki would go on to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a fun romp. There's some japery. There's, uh, you know, a quest to save a damsel in distress. And, uh, I don't know. I, um, I, I love this movie. I, I thought that I thought this was very good. Uh, I paid a lot closer attention to it than I did the last time. And like, it kind of drew me right in. I was I was here for it. Yeah. Yeah, but like uh so like the first 20 minutes uh yeah, like the first like 5 minutes really is like uh their own little like end of like their their most recent caper. Uh and all these co- like all these armed yeah, guys the get in the cars. Heist. And uh all, <laughs> their shit falls apart entirely. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like they rigged all the police cars so that when they went to chase them all the wheels fell off and like the one car literally just splits in half, like front to back. Yeah. And like the front half of the car is driving along and just fucking crashes. Um as Lupin and uh his his right hand man, uh Jigen Get away in Lupin's custom Fiat 500. Well, he's got to have a custom Fiat because uh, th- there ain't much Fiat left at, at uh, a little bit later in the movie because that thing is beat to shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing I think that happens a lot in the Lupin series as well is like the car just always gets fucked up. So 
Uh, but like he also drives it like an asshole. Like he just drives it through the woods to try to cut off like some bad guys well, early you, on in the movie and just demolishes it. Yeah. Well, you even see him in like the beginning part of the movie where he's like weaving in and out of traffic like some kind of jackass, like money pouring out of the top of his car, and he's like, "Oh, that sucks. These are all fake." And it's like, "All right, let's just throw into into the traffic yeah. right behind us." And it's like this giant stream of money. That, like, I'm sure everyone's like, wait, what? And then, like, a million car accidents happened immediately afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, that scene from Batman where he's just throwing money off and, like, everybody's just going fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, they do the casino heist. That's our inciting incident. And uh, as they're making their getaway, Lupin's like, hey, this is no good. These are all counterfeit. Uh, so he manages to uh, track the counterfeit bills by process of elimination to uh, the small nation of Cagliostro. It's so small, it's not even on a map. Yeah, it's, you know, entirely fictitious, and they just made it up for this, but uh, there's a castle there, and we're going there for an adventure. Uh, if they wanted to extend the movie, they could have taken the 10 minutes of him figuring out where the the money came from. Uh, I, I kind of do feel like there's 10 minutes they could have cut out of that for uh, cut out of the movie for this, but for or for that subplot. But I, whatever, it's fine. Have you ever seen the Lupin the third anime? The like they used to have it on Adult Swim way back in the day when they showed things like the Big O and Inuyasha. Oh no! And Trigun. Uh, no, I did not, and no, I have not. Okay, so like, if you're familiar at all with the show, like the usual band of misfits is here. So like, uh, Lupin's constant companion is uh, Jigen, who is like, sort of uh, like he's a a private eye type archetype. Like he's just a, a suave dude with a goatee and a. Uh, a fedora, and he's kind of a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, Lupin himself just has, like, a gadget for every every possible thing. So he's just, like, strapped head-to-toe with grappling hooks and, like, uh, radio transceivers and, like, all kind of shit. All right. Um, and then uh, Goyamon is, like, the guy they call in for backup. Uh, so he's a samurai. Uh, there is Fujiko, who is uh, Lupin's sometimes associate, oftentimes uh, rival, and like occasionally love interest. Uh, and then there is uh, Inspector Zenigata of Interpol, who is the man who has sworn to take Lupin down. Yeah. For his many, many crimes against humanity. Yeah. Uh, like the later in the movie when Zenigata and uh, Lupin have to to work together, uh, they actually do make it a, a decent team. Uh, like, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's your standard thing where it's like, oh, the they got to team up and be, you know, the best fucking team ever. But like Lupin just makes fun of him because he's yeah. like, I'm going to get you. And Lupin's like, you're never going to get me. You're never going to never going to catch me. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Oh, I was referencing a greased up deaf guy from Family Guy. <laughs> you can't catch me, you can't catch me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I kind of love Zenigata. 
Yeah. Why is he red? I think it's just because he's always so mad that Lupin exists. Okay. But yeah, he's just like always flushed. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> are, are they doing something with him? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I understand he's like Japanese Interpol. So I'm like, why are the Japanese red in this? I don't, I don't understand, but it's whatever. It was just a weird thing that I noticed. So, um, as they're heading towards the castle, uh, there is like a car full of mobsters that's chasing after a, a young woman in like a flowy white gown, uh, like a bridal gown. Uh, so Lupin sees a woman in distress and is like, this won't stand. Right. Uh, and he's like, we have to kill all of these guys and save her. Uh, so he drives his car up the side of a cliff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like cuts him off, you know, crashes down onto the street in front of him. The suspension somehow stays together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they save the day. He he manages to to save her like she faints while driving and uh, he jumps into the car with her and gr- he grappling hooks to a convenient tree that's sticking out of the cliff face. Because that's always in movies. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes the planner's peanut guy falls off of it and dies to save Wesley Snipes. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a weird commercial. So, I mean, Justin Lin looked at that sequence and just went, I can do that. And, and, and then made all the Fast and Furious movies. And uh, yeah, the girl turns out to be uh, royalty. She's a princess here. And uh, the Count of Cagliostro is trying to marry her uh, because like part of her inheritance is a ring and he has another matching ring. Uh, and the, the two rings together are supposed to form a key that unlocks uh, a legendary treasure. Uh, and Cagliostro, being a, a very greedy man, wants to be rich and world famous. Right. Uh, which is why he's secretly running the counterfeiting ring. So he has, like, printing presses set up in the basement of the castle. So he's, like, printing off lira and, like, yen and fucking U.S. dollars and Deutschmarks. But didn't they... Deutschmarks were still around. Weren't they implying, basically, that... Like, they've been doing this for centuries, and this is how, like, Cagliostro was a a country in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like, he secretly ran the shadow government, and, like, Interpol wouldn't go after him because, like, they were all on the take. So, like, Zenigata has to kind of go rogue and, like, kind of come back to Cagliostro on false pretenses of, like, chasing down Lupin Mm -hmm. so that he can team up with Lupin to take down Cagliostro. Which uh, I think is a pretty, like a pretty uh, deep plot for you know just like a, a zany anime movie that came out the same fucking year as Alien. It uh, it gets it gets real at some points. Like uh, there's there's a lot of corpses in a basement at one point. Like a lot of skeletons. Some guy was saying like yeah, how long he's so been like, there. The the castle is like a series of Scooby Doo traps. So there's just like pitfalls that they can activate and like dump people into the catacombs. So like it's it's implied that like 
<laughs> there's just hundreds of people who for like the last couple centuries had crossed the like the ancestors of Cagliostro and just been dumped into the basement to wither and die. Right. But then uh so so you got those and then you have the um the <laughs> Like like the final sequence where like one guy uh like they're running through a clock tower and one guy like gets smashed by the fucking gears and, and Lupin's like don't look and it's like, good God, they fucking they they <laughs> killed that man. Yeah, it's also Dracula's castle for some reason because there's just like there's a clock tower but like there's just gi- there's just a room that's just full of gears and water wheels and like inscrutable machinery just. Cause it's a Scooby Doo nightmare house. Yeah, and then uh, we, we we get our final thing with Cagliostro, where he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna do the thing. I'm gonna put the rings into the thing, and then find the treasure." And then he gets smashed up and by, by the fucking clock uh, hands, <laughs> which is fucking amazing. It's one of the yeah, craziest the clock things hands I've ever just seen. Turn to midnight, and the dude's like on the clock face. And he's just like trying to hold him back, and then it like zooms way out, and the clock hands come together, and you just hear, yeah, yeah, it's awesome, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Like this, this movie, like the plot is actually good. It's well paced. It's well realized. Like, I don't know. Like if they just did a straight up remake of this today and were faithful to it, and like put some modern polish on it. It would be really good. Oh, well, then I have something for you. Uh, they did a modern remake of this in, in terms of... Is it a- the 3D, like the CG animated y- one? Yes, it is. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, I know it hit theaters, and I didn't really see it, because like I didn't want to see it because I hadn't seen this. Like For me, what it seems like is like uh, Pokemon the movie Evolution. It's it's like that, but for this movie. Okay. God, the first Lupin the Third TV short came out in 1969. Good this character God. has been around forever. It's almost as old as my parents. I guess my young fucking parents. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. My dad's about to turn 60 this year, and I'm in my 30s. Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. It's pretty cool that, like, they're still doing stuff in the Lupin the Third franchise. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't even mind seeing a revival, like, full-on anime series, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just been going forever, and, like, it's, it's a big deal in Japan. Like, it's just had staying power for forever. People grew up with it. Yeah. I wonder if it's, uh, I wonder if the series is streaming anywhere. I don't know. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, but uh, it doesn't look like it's streaming anywhere. Yeah. Um. I don't know. In uh, like the original Arsene Lupin novels, like they they tried to do one where like Lupin came up against Sherlock Holmes, but like Arthur Conan Doyle's estate was like, "We'll sue you into the ground if you do this." Right. Uh, so they they changed the name to Herlock Sholmes, <laughs> and I think that they did a Lupin the Third thing where uh, he had to face Herlock Sholmes' grandson. 
Oh, uh, which is very good. So I found it. Uh, it is on uh, Crunchyroll. That uh, makes sense. And then I think uh, it doesn't. S- I think it is Prime eligible on 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 Amazon, but I could be wrong. Not. I'm looking at it now, but it, it doesn't say Prime. But also, I could just watch it freely. So uh, I think it's fine. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna recommend this. I'm I'm giving yeah. this a four. Yeah, I'm going three and a half. I, I I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Thanks for getting me to watch this again. I uh, you're welcome. I've I, I'm growing to love this movie. Hey, anytime I can give us something that takes our, our minds off of uh, high high rise invasion. It's true. Um, this definitely was a much funner way to round out anime April. So. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Anim April is now over, so what are we doing next week, Dan? I present you with two options. We can either watch the new series, Shadow and Bone, or we could watch the new movie, uh, The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Do we have a third segment for next week? Yeah, it's a patron-requested review for Cool Hand Luke. Oh, nice. Um, hmm... How can we help? Let's do let's do Shadow and Bone. Okay. Cause I keep seeing that advertised and I know very little about it, so Uh I think we watched like nine trailers for it and we're like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It happens. Um Tell them stuff, Dan. Tell them, Steve, Dave. Uh you can find our podcast at NetflixandSwill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Also, Stacking Triggers. Also, Rabbit Ears TV Podcast, uh, which will not have an episode this month due to the fact that uh, extenuating circumstances uh, fucked up Ashley's schedule. But she will have two episodes in May because that's how that works. Uh, I don't know. Give us pa- Give us money over on Patreon. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Come line our greedy pockets. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is the the taste left in my mouth by uh, the, the horrible, horrible things that I saw in High Rise Invasion. <laughs> yep. I never want to hear about striped panties ever again. They're striped. Oh, God. It was another girl saying that too. It was so weird. Yeah. Um let's uh let's never talk about it again. I Until agree. next week. This is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. 
Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family. 